0: On this episode of AV Week, we take a look back at the year that was 2020. Holy cow. What were the biggest stories uh, of of the year? And what are the biggest ones coming up ahead of us for 2021? All that and more. Next on AV Week
1: The Network for the AV Industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
0: This.
2: This
1: is is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 489, getting out of 2020. Support for
3: AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Sennheiser. For over 75 years, Sennheiser has been a leader in pro audio and is now offering a wide variety of touchless and traditional audio solutions for both corporate and educational
3: campus-wide audio.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Uh, This is what I have collectively uh, chosen to call our best of and worst of for the year. Um, It gives us a chance to kind of sit back, relax, and, and look back at the year that was and the year that will be. And oh, what a year it was with us to discuss the biggest stories of the year. First and foremost, Megan Dutta from scn magazine and av network welcome ma'am
2: hi thanks for having me today
0: absolutely also with us uh, so megan is due north of me in chicago due west of me at all roughly the same time distance is uh my good friend erica williams from henderson engineers welcome ma'am
1: thank you thank you glad to be here
0: Absolutely, and last but not least, Frank Patacala, who has no geographic location to me anyway, shape or form. Uh, he's in the uh, bi-state area of New York, uh, and he is with Diversified. Welcome,
3: sir. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So this is um, the the this the show where we look back and. Um, yeah, 2020 was interesting. Let's just put it that way. Uh, there's no way around saying otherwise. Um, you, can, you can look at the pandemic. You can look at some mergers and acquisitions. Megan's uh, Magazine every year does a top 50 um, integrators. Uh, and this year, we had our first billion-dollar company. Now, that billion-dollar company came by way of a merger and acquisition in an M&A with Whitlock and uh, ABI SPL coming together. I'll let you look at the financial details and figure out who bought who because it was an interesting deal um, even in the M&A market. Obviously, we had COVID. Obviously, we had a pandemic. We had shutdowns. We had the entire live staging and events industry get gutted. We had Infocom get canceled and then come back again as Infocom Connected. Integrated Systems Europe and Mike Blackman is one of the luckiest people in the world because they were the only show that I I, am at least... Um, aware of that happened in person right right as the pandemic was, was really kind of making its way across the globe, uh, happened the first part of, of February. By the end of March, at least those of us here in the States, uh, we were most, for the most part shut down. Um, we're going to take a look and see back, you know, not just from an um, economic standpoint, what the, the biggest stories were, but also you know, what, what came out of this year, both good and bad. Uh, so, Megan, we'll start with you. Uh, when it comes to 2020, uh, there are some obvious candidates. So what, for you, was the biggest story of 2020?
2: So I don't know if I have a single story that was the biggest, but I just I pulled the top 40 stories from SCN for the year from our website. Those are the most viewed within this year. And obviously, our top 50, spoiler alert, was number one. That's happens every year. But most of the stories, not surprisingly, were focused on COVID, and there were... There's a lot of stories in the top 40 about the sure, clear one ongoing lawsuits, which also is no surprise to me, because if you are on social at all, we talk about that a lot.
0: So let's dive into that one really quickly. And, And the reason I we I have almost made an editorial decision at this point not to follow every nook and cranny and minutia of this. I mean, you guys, you guys do a really good job of, of posting both from the clear one side as well as the sure side as well as what the, 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 the judgments are being but gives people an overarching view of what happened this year, kind of an overarching, you know, from when it comes to that, that lawsuit, because both sides will have claimed victory this year, which has been, you know, fascinating. The fact that, that judgments, both sides can, can claim victory on. But where are they at exactly? Because at the, at the end of last year, it was where Shore couldn't in the U.S. market um, and they couldn't sell certain parts and pieces of the, of the microphone.
2: Well, they've updated the microphone since, and I want to say that you can't install it. Maybe it's a drop ceiling installation. I know there's a specific type of installation they can't sell it in. And I mean, they both, or maybe want, just want to accuse, accuse the other of corporate espionage this year. I mean, yeah. years has gone by so fast, we've just kind of forgotten about that part of it. Um, the latest, one of the latest stories when August, I remember, is about... Uh, They threw out parts of the lawsuit. So I think it's just ongoing. And we're just going to continue to hear the back and forth with this part was thrown out, this part. There's an injunction on this part of it. And until one day it ends.
0: One day. You swear. You promise.
2: I hope.
0: You you and me both. Uh, All right, uh, Mr. Patacala, take a look back and and see what exactly the the biggest stories were from this year.
3: Um, I'm surprised that... It probably is in your top 40 listed of the SEN articles. For me, I think Zoom is the number one newsmaker of the year, without a doubt. It's like I do not know of a software platform, a service, a system, a base, foundation, whatever you want to call it. I've never seen something catch the world by surprise in one ear. It's like, cause I remember conversations about Zoom several years ago when it first came into the market. And I'm sure Erica will agree cause she probably looked into it then too. And we, we didn't take it as seriously, quite honestly because there were other alternatives at the time. And the fact of the matter is there are still alternatives out there but their resilience in being able to adjust themselves from a marketing perspective, from a service perspective, to match with the times is remarkable. It's almost like a, you know, like a mom and pop shop, because they can pivot anytime. Larger organizations are like the Titanic. You can't, you know, you're going to hit something, but you still can't turn or pivot. Small shops, small companies can do that easier. Zoom did that though. Their the biggest highlight for me from a Zoom perspective is that when their securities issues came out, they took it head on. They went ahead and they said, yes, we have these issues. We're going to resolve it. We're coming up with updates. are going to fix it. We admit we had a problem. That was a very unique approach because usually what happens in security, risks and flaws is that it's all hindsight. It's like, we didn't know about the extent of it is the story that we typically hear. I bet you, you did. Cause you know, that's why they have hundreds of people hopefully working in cybersecurity, but these people were different from a PR perspective, from a marketing perspective. I think it did well and it really served them well. They just shot themselves into another company. Now they are providers. You have all kinds of solutions coming out of zoom and you're going to entertain those conversations because you know that they have the ability to do these things. So without a doubt, zoom is number one for me.
0: A couple of things about, about Zoom that I want to hit on with, with you, Frank. First of all, uh, what does it say, you, you talked about the security and, and the fact that they handled it relatively, you know, heads, head on. There are some security writers uh, and some pundits who, who have taken issue with the way that, that Zoom has done it. But out of that, they took um, the, the security and they created a, a bounty program. Uh, and, and I want you to talk about the bounty program and what that means to Zoom and to the security going forward.
3: So um, bounty programs are typical, Um, it's a lot of companies use it. Uh, But I I think the the biggest issue with that is having programs like that security issues, security flaws. uh, When you have bounty programs, it takes these issues head on. Because that's that's unfortunately the fact of the matter. It is it's like, you have to think of it like, a drug, I, I hate to compare it to, because we're right in the middle of a vaccine, but that's how medicines work, because every body is different. Similarly, every software system platform has its dependencies. It may work perfectly fine, but there is no human way possible where Zoom can possibly sandbox and test it in every possible environment. So, bounty programs, you know, taking these things, I, and I know there's been differing opinions on it, but the fact of the matter is, um, there. I think people begin to appreciate transparency in these things. So I think that's the key to it, the way they've been transparent about some things. Again, it's not like they divulge, you know, company secrets and they've just told us everything. And they are a company. They own the right to their knowledge It's proprietary things. But the fact is that they have a relationship. uh, And I'm going to highlight that article, which says Zoom vows to win back our trust. You know, it's like Zoom has definitely done that, you know, and it's an ongoing thing. Zoomtopia highlighted that. Every set of presenters at Zoomtopia, the intent was to connect with the audience. You know, it's like there is no section of the planet that they don't want to target. They don't, they've never said we are corporate only. They're trying to, and that's that's the messaging that's going to make them successful. So
0: let me ask an overarching, and this is for all three of you here. Um, why do you think it was Zoom that rose to the top in when we all, when, and I say we all kind of royally globally, when we all went to work from home, why do you think it was Zoom that everybody jumped onto and not Google and not WebEx and not something else?
2: I mean, let's be honest. We use Google platform as a company and it's not that great. It's not that reliable. We have a lot of issues. And I think Zoom was already out there. That's, you know, how long have you been using Zoom to do your podcast, Tim?
0: four years I think
2: and the event platforms we use use zoom I think it's already had the name you know just people that were at home on the sidelines weren't maybe familiar with it because you know why why would your kid use zoom to go to school or whatever they're doing with it you know and now everyone is using every platform possible
3: absolutely I just think it's the name so cool it's like zoom it 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 just rolls off your tongue that like when people at home, we don't, it's like, we don't want to do teams. I don't want to be a team. I just want to zoom. You know, it's like, I I, I mean, I'm kidding, but seriously though, it's like Megan is, uh, that was an excellent point. It's been around for a while. They have been developing their platform. It's not like they just brought it because it's impossible to improve, you know, in a, in a, in a short span. And we've seen people. Uh, did not think that other companies did not try to capitalize on this whole thing. There are plenty of UC platforms that came and we didn't hear about it because they didn't do what Zoom did. There are several Zoom copycats, uh, that have virtually identical uh, uh, UI experience as Zoom, but couldn't capture what Zoom did. So, yeah, they, they. <laughs> There
0: and there are also some some platforms that are using Zoom as their base. I mean Ring Central, I think is Ring Central. I think Ring Central yes. uses them as as the base. I mean, if you've if you've done calls and I've done a couple of them uh with with some some partners that we that we have. Uh and the first time I logged into it, I'm like, well, this is this is this is Zoom, right? This is is sort of kind of, but then there's some quirkiness to it. So yeah. You know. Remember um,
2: in the beginning of the pandemic when apps like House Party came out and everyone was on those for a hot minute, and then you just realize it just Zoom really even for home is the best solution in my opinion.
0: yeah yeah it'll uh, be interesting to see what z- what teams has been a- will, will be able to do coming into 2021 because uh, if you were a sports fan um, and specifically an NBA fan, you were you were able to kind of experience some of that they were they were able to bring you into uh, the NBA experience that's when they had the all-together mode that was the first time we saw that. Uh, and that's the platform that they'll be using at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show this year in 2021. Um, so that will really kind of test the limits uh, of, of Microsoft servers, uh, but also test some of their, their capabilities. Yeah. All right, Erica, from, from your standpoint, from your vantage point, w- look back at 2020 and what was your, your, your biggest or the one or two biggest stories of, of the year?
1: Well, I was gonna say Zoom because <laughs> uh, I mean my, my life basically revolves around Zoom, and that, that was a big thing. you know we the, all, all of the things that Frank said, but then on the on the on the back and the support side, the, the companies that completely blocked down Zoom, you know, there was a time when people were saying, no, we will not allow anybody to run Zoom on any of our on our company devices. And so you're just gonna have to figure something else out. And that that caused a, a bit of an issue, um, but outside of that, two things kind of come to mind in the same vein as as Microsoft. Um, the way that Microsoft was able to accelerate the deployment of Teams features to try to keep up with Zoom was relatively impressive. Um, I've I've, before we switched to Zoom, we used Skype for business, and so, you know, things just get done sluggishly slow usually because Microsoft is so large, that, you know, that's just what you expect, but at the rate that Microsoft was pumping out these new features to try and keep up with, with Zoom was super impressive, um, and it's going to be really interesting to ha- see what happens there because, you know, with Teams, you have to have an Office 365 subscription, and the benefit of Zoom is anybody on the street can go and get a free account. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting. Um, and I think another big thing was, uh, hardware shortages, you know, we had to take all these people who are normally in the office. They don't need this stuff. How are we going to keep these people connected? Because just being on a cell phone, isn't going to be enough. So, you know, running out of, running out of, uh, webcams and I've, I've talked to some people where they weren't able to get headsets and, you know, they had to completely change the brands and stuff they were, they were needing to buy. And, Hopefully, we don't have to experience this again anytime soon, but I, I'm sure it probably affected the manufacturers, how they approach their their stock and how they're able to, to, to build and, and push out their their equipment.
0: Well, let me kind of bring something back on that because I, I want to bring up the fact that it's a Microsoft um, infrastructure. Is that why Teams it was so readily adopted at first? Uh, and, you know, again, it's all, all three of you. Because it is so baked into the the Microsoft experience and the in the Office 365, and if so, does Microsoft not run the risk of another antitrust lawsuit, a la freaking you know Windows Explorer back in the 90s?
1: I think being baked in definitely helps. Um, you know, it, it's it's right there, and they also ended uh, support for. Skype for business this year or next year, but Skype for business is going away. So companies were forced to switch to teams anyway. And, you know, you can make a phone, an audio call to somebody without a phone number, which is nice for many device. You can chat with people. You have teams. It's a, it's a full project management tool. Uh, and I think people were like, holy crap, look at all this stuff that we can do, you know, and it, it really took off.
0: I just learned something today from Erica. It's a PM tool. Seriously. I had no idea.
1: Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Okay. I do all. I do all of my project management in Teams, actually. <laughs>
3: really? Yeah. Yeah, and and right. that I was. That's actually what I was going to lead on too. Because here's the thing, Microsoft is such a behemoth. At times, they don't need to market things, but the fact is, Teams is not a replacement for Skype for Business. Uh, it's a feature. It has the features of Skype for Business. What Teams is, is really. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call this out. This is probably the first call in 2019 that I've done that we've gone so long without mentioning collaborations two hundred times.
0: So Frank, Frank it's, great. 20, it's, it's 2021 now, dude. You're like two years behind.
3: <laughs> I'm never gonna stop saying 2021. You can probably on my show, I'll still say 2021 halfway into the year or 2020. Sorry,
0: that's all right. Go ahead.
3: So the point is, it's a it's a platform that. Technically, you can replace emails, you can replace file sharing, you can replace your file explorer. It has apps on it. It has bots on it. Uh, the massiveness of what Teams is, is only understood by the people using it, right? It's, it's an adoption thing, really. Uh, so in that sense, the fact that they even catered to the changes that Zoom brought on and they tried to keep up means that they want adoption. They want people to be impressed by it. And they're taking it to the next level. I feel Teams is a great solution. Like I'm a huge Teams fan. I don't know if you could tell that by my, you know, my tirade right now, but I love Teams for the fact that I don't like emails. I don't think emails are the way to go. It's like, I, I think it's antiquated. The fact that you have to copy 600 people on something and just blast out 40 emails back and forth which can be accomplished with a simple IM that says yes or no. So Teams does that for you. It gives you the opportunity uh, to pick and choose these things, to create teams. It's a platform. I wish uh, it gets adopted in that way and not be direct competition to Zoom because we need both. I feel there's applications where teams cannot be used where Zoom is. Like for example, this recording right now is definitely native to Zoom. I, like if somebody says they want to do a recording on Teams, you know, I can't do this beautiful matrix background that I have. So I'll probably say no to it. we I mean, like that like Zoom for that matter. But that's the thing. There's an application for each of these things.
0: And really to to that point, and and Mitchell's our our producer in the background, and he and I have had basic conversations about this, but one of the aspects of of Teams that we're going to look into next year is their NDI integration. And really briefly, if you're not familiar with NDI is, NDI is uh, sending computer signals over your network, uh, not computer, um, uh, camera signals over your network. And that is a simplification beyond belief. Um, However, inside Teams, I can take each connection in a Teams as a separate NDI stream into a platform like OBS. Mitchell then, in the background, could it could could record all of them, isolating them individually, as well as creating its own his own little you know um, platform um, and um, um, placemat and, and putting us individually into into those things and record that all at the same time. That to me as a as a producer, as somebody who's, who creates audio and video content is fascinating as well. And so that's something that we're going to be watching uh, and playing around with. I am nowhere near going uh, in, in the process of going away from from Zoom. However, that is one of the aspects that is at least intriguing uh, to play around with, I think. All right, Megan, we're going to turn the corner here and look forward into 2021. Um we are all uh, still starting to have conversations. If you haven't, uh, haven't started already talking about the shows that may or may not happen. Um, just as a recap, NAB national association of broadcasters has gone into the fall um, already. Um, Enterprise connect, I believe has already gone into the fall infocom connected or infocom. The show is, is as of as a, this recording is happening uh, in, in Orlando integrated Systems Europe though, again, the, the one show that happened in 2020 has moved to June uh, in Barcelona. Um, whether that is it is a pandemic thing or whether that's economics, uh, the verticals that, that some folks are looking at as people do get back to work, how that how does the huddle space that is no longer huddling uh, you know impact and how, to, how do integrators leverage those, those existing spaces and, and you know help their clients get back safely. What are you looking at as as the the stories of the year for 2021?
3: And is AVN coming back? I need to know that cuz it's the coolest <laughs> show it's the coolest show that happened last year. I need to know it right now. Is AVN coming back?
2: Well, I don't know about that yet, but I can tell you that Tim and I are doing a digital signage event on March 4th, thedigitalsignagevent.com yep. so check it out and it'll be just as fun. So you should definitely attend. I know you're not speaking at that one, but it's going to be good. But the AVIT summit will happen in August. I think it's actually probably going to the odds are it'll happen in person in New York. Um, I do think that Infocom and ISD happen, how well attended they are. I don't know. I think it depends on how much of the vaccine has been distributed, how companies are doing financially and how comfortable people are being in public. And honestly, you know, if it's everybody's vaccinated it's kind of normal i think they'll see a higher attendance i think if you have to wear a mask all day i think people will be like "Mm, maybe i'll stay home it'll be interesting to see and i think we're going to keep talking about it even on our edit calendar there's a lot of stories about returning to the office returning to schools what's the same what's different what's a trend what's going to be in it for the long haul
0: all right. Now, the other thing to watch is, is what Fortune 100 companies are doing. Um, as of right now, and again, as of this recording, um, you look at Silicon Valley and you look at the major tech firms. Most of them are saying that no one is coming back to the office, let alone doing any sort of business travel until the middle of the year. You're looking at June and July for that. Um, so, you know, if your boss says that you can't travel from a business standpoint, Uh, obviously they're not going to pay for you to go to a a trade show or any sort of training. So then the question is, you know, how comfortable do you feel and how much, you know, do you want to spend personally? Um, I, I know in talking to some higher education, uh, folks, yes, you can pay for yourself, but then you have to self quarantine when you return from a, a, a trip that was not authorized.
2: Yeah. We're not allowed to, we're in a travel ban as well. And you can't, you can't even go by yourself. Like you'd be in trouble if they found out you did that, even if it was personal, because no matter how you look at it, at the end of the day, you're representing the company when you're there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Frank, uh, take a look 2021. What do you, uh, what do you see?
3: I hope. That there will be more you see to the point where we don't have to have debates about AV over IP and things like that, a larger adoption, because I think it has proven beyond doubt that we need to love IT, IT needs to love us. It's that, that ship sailed a while back, but we still, you know, we stood there watching. Let's get back on board. Let's get those platforms ready. Let's get our skills up. You know, I want our industry to pivot and become, I'm using pivot a lot, I don't know why. Uh, I don't I,
0: either. And I can't drink until tomorrow. So you're really <laughs> ticking me off.
3: <laughs> the thing is, we need to be ready for anything. It showed that our people are smart people. We have great talent in this industry but we are also ready to get more knowledge more cross platform training i hope that's the direction we go in 2021 you know people becoming more equipped in av it and you know whatever is out there
2: but frank if we stop talking about that what are you going to tweet about
3: I've thought about that, but, you know, I'll figure something out. I would rather have an easy conversation because the thing is the way I started tweeting about it was a reflection of what I was doing every day. And it wasn't pleasant what I had to do every day. Right. So I'd rather not do that every day and, you know, figure out something else to tweet about quite, quite honestly, there's a lot of resistance. So it's, it's fine. I hope it, I hope it changes.
0: Erica, you will have the last word on this Uh, 2021. What do you see?
1: Uh, well, first, I hope people stop using the word pivot and the phrase. New. God love you. If I hear either one of those phrases again, I think I might go crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, but realistically, um, I think that
3: you don't like new normal. No, I, I can no. totally run with that.
1: No, uh, sorry. Just that one just gets me. Yeah. Um, I think what's gonna be important is all of these companies are reevaluating how their office space works and you know what their, their employee schedules need to be in you know working at home versus in the office. And I think A V is going to play a really big part in making sure that the employee experience of switching from their home desk to their office desk or vice versa making sure that that's a seamless experience and that the laptop that you have is going to work with any any place you plug it when you get in the office and it is solid when you're at home Um, and that applies to open space collaboration areas or huddle rooms or your cubicle that you you know check out for the day when you go to the office i think that that there's going to be a big focus on that I, i think and hope
0: all right, very good. Um, Can I add
2: one more thing. Sorry.
0: Yes.
1: I
2: know you said Eric could have the last word, but no. I think one of the things, and I just wrote about this in my edit letter, that I think we're going to really focus on in 2021 is relationships. And I, you know, being home so much, not to be super cheesy, has made us realize how much we all miss each other and like each other. You know when you're caught in the day to day of just traveling from city to city, you know, shaking hands at a trade show, running around all crazy, and then going to the extreme where you're just home all the time, you realize how much the AV tweeps in your life are like family and how much you miss seeing them in person.
0: I would agree with that. And and, and I've said this before as as a as a natural introvert, I never realized how much I miss pe- my people. So, yeah, absolutely um i'll give you my two cents uh i i honestly there there are going to be some some hiccups this year um and, and i don't uh not that I, I think that our healthcare system in the us is is broken i think that that you know they do an incredible job the the men and women that, that are on the front lines but I, I think that that i don't think that we're going to have as easy of a rollout of the vaccine and it's going to be a difficult time this summer um I agree with Megan. I think that that both shows both ISE and Hocom will happen. The question is how many people will will go, and the reason I'm saying that is is it'll be come down to how many people are allowed to go first and foremost, and then the question is is what what comfort level do they have, um, and then the second half of the year will really kind of tell the, the tale from an integration standpoint and a a business standpoint. I think you know the, yeah 2020 was was a was a dip, and I, I think it'll it, for some companies it'll it'll take a while to get back. Uh, certainly there are a number that, that unfortunately went under, uh, because, you know, it was a rough year, but there are others that are really positioned, uh, positioned well to kind of come out of the uh, gate swinging and, and we'll kind of watch them. So, and I think that there will be some new names on Megan's top 50 next year. Um, it, just my two cents. So, all righty. Uh, thank you all so much. Um, Megan Dutta from SCN and AV network. How do people get a hold of you? So
2: you can find all the latest news on avnetwork.com. You can follow SCN on Twitter at SCNMag, and you can follow me on Twitter at Megan A. Mm -hmm. Very
0: good. Mr. Patacala. thank you, sir. How do people get a hold of you?
3: You can reach me at Twitter, Frank Patacala. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, trying to get into Instagram. Uh, I work for Diversified. Are you trying to get into Instagram? Yeah, because I, I, my 14 I don't, year old can help you with that. She's got like, yeah, and, yeah, five. I'm not, I'm not, obviously, I'm not 14. So okay. I do need that yeah. help. Or Megan, even one. And, and I, and I, <laughs> it's true. She's big on Instagram. I know. Oh, I, I just want to add one little thing as a parting statement. You know, I know we were making out twenty 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 2020 to be this very glum, gloomy, terrible year for me, it has been a great year and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people like that. I got to meet the most amazing AB Tweeps community. So I'm thankful for that. It's great that Tim gave me this opportunity. So I'm going to also plug my show it factor on there. Yep. Do, do check me out and the other great podcasts that we have on the AB nation platform. This has been an year of change for me. And I hope that's how we end this year. Just think about the positives.
0: There we go. I like that. Actually, I'll, I'll, Megan, um, Kind of poked me in and asked me what I was thankful for this year for an article she was doing and I took her idea and and well actually I, I misunderstood what she was asking. I thought she was asking me for an article. So I wrote an article. It was like 500 600 words. I don't know. She's like no dude I want like two lines. So she took two lines out of my article and then I posted it. So and I agree with Frank. It was a great year. It was it's a horrible um challenging year. And but but there's a lot of change and a lot of a lot of challenging absolutely so Erica how do people get a hold of you
1: uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Erica Williams, on the one in the bright orange shirt, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at haircutfw. Don't forget to check out hendersonengineers.com as well. Yep. And I want to also echo all the same, same sentiments. Um, I, I started out 2020, kind of a noob in the AV industry, and I've gotten involved in so many things and met so many awesome people, and I, I'm so grateful. So grateful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I, I think I would be, we would mess if I didn't mention uh, our buddy Chris Netto. Uh, and, and cause one of the things about, you know, the zoom, we talked about zoom early on. First of all, first, I want to say it was, he did it every Friday. I could be wrong about that, but darn near every Friday and eventually every other Friday, he held a happy hour. Uh, it didn't cost anything. Didn't charge anything. It just, he, he put up a zoom link and got everybody together and and you know eventually put people in breakout rooms and this that and the other and I, you know breakout rooms is actually how i met frank for the first time um and and god love erica and, and her and i's love of the of the blues um you know one of my fondest memories is because i didn't get have the the broadcast here um she was watching it from kansas city and i still don't remember how uh, but watching her reactions would indicate whether how well we were doing <laughs> so it was it was fantastic and getting you know really kind of getting to know people on a personal level you know beyond the beyond the tech beyond the, the gizmos and gadgets you know getting to know them on a personal level and getting to hang out with Megan just in general is fun so all right uh, for me for Tim Albright, right don't follow me on the Twitters um, just don't it's not it's not pretty because uh, at this point I'm probably back to working out again which is not fun uh, the the posting part. I freaking love it now, which is really odd for me to say. Um, but go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv That's avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, uh, including the worst Canadian in the world, Matt Scott, as he hosts the residential show called Resi Week uh, Frank has taken over a, a show that I did for a number of years and, and made it his own and I love that. It's called the IT Factor. Steve Greenblatt uh, takes a look at the control and automation uh, systems in the AV world and he's been doing that for 25 some odd years uh so he knows a thing or two about it so check all of those out um don me does uh, av social and we have a number of others so check those all out uh as well at avnation.tv it's TV. thanks so much for listening thank you so much for watching that is all the time we have for av week